Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Baseball isn't boring because of trades. We know that, and there's going to be plenty of that conversation coming up. But as we sit here in May, why can't we have trades in May? Why can't we have good things like that? Well, we don't get it a whole lot. That's just a fact of life. That's a fact of baseball. We've seen it time and time again where it is a rarity that a team, a GM, shakes things up via a significant trade. I'm not talking about for cash considerations or whatever it is. I'm talking about a trade. Go back to uh, Willie Mays was traded from the San Francisco Giants to the New York Mets on May 11th, 1972. I think that was the norm? No. And I can give other examples. In May, when, when a trade happens, you're like, what? Happens in May? That, that's, that, that never happens. Why? Well, why? Why can't we shake things up? So, anyway, that's what I wanted to ask Alex Anthopoulos, a guy whose team is doing very, very well, the Atlanta Braves. Alex came on the podcast, talked about a lot of things, but I want to sort of give you what he said about 
why or why not trades are made or not made in May. Um, because people like trades. I'll come back to it. It's science. All right. Rate, review, subscribe. Most importantly, listen. Appreciate everything. Big week coming up. But just want to drop this little BIB on the go. Alex Anthopoulos talking trades. All right. So we know that the draft is being put on hold a little bit. But, okay, uh, in terms of your major league team, I guess the first question I had, what's the earliest trade you ever made? Like, I... I I know for me, the one that jumps out, this is, I'm going to totally date myself, but it was the Young Young Kim trade in late May for Shea Hillebrand. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, 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 that's rare. Uh, yeah, I, I would say this like, uh, you can make, you know, guys are DFA, so you get trades there. But when you say like non DFA, like real baseball trades, where there's no pressure on either side, right? Because normally you have a DFA, you have seven days or whatnot to make sure you get a move done on, on the roster really five days before a guy has to go on waivers and so on. Um, but in terms of a baseball deal, um, you know, since I've been in Atlanta, the only one that comes to mind is I think we traded for Anthony Swarzak maybe in May or June at the, at the latest. Mm. Um, I, maybe it was May, but again, Seattle, I think, was still b- building. They were getting young talent. Um, but again, that was on actually that deal was the same thing. We had a DFA player, Jesse Biddle was the player and we knew we had seven days and look like most times deals get done because of deadlines and momentum, you know, whether that's contracts, whether that's trades. So when you have a DFA player, you know, you'll, you know, you're up against the clock before you have to put them on, on waivers or get a deal done. So I guess I'd say this is that when you think about from a pure baseball standpoint, an early trade, um, my earliest was probably Yunel Escobar uh, with Atlanta uh, when I was in Toronto. We traded him. You know, we were going into the All Star break, and I think we, you know, before we came back, um, we traded him. I think like the first day of the All Star break, we made that we completed that deal. I remember talking to Atlanta the last day of of games before the break, and then we agreed to the deal the following day. And then in twenty twenty one. We traded for Jock Peterson during the All-Star break. So, mm. you know, for me, the earliest you're going to see deals is right before the All-Star break or during the All-Star break. And that feels aggressive. That feels early. And it's tough to get people that want to sell even at that time just because of handling your fan base, your ownership, your clubhouse, your manager. It's tough. It's, you know, you're making your team worse. Yeah. Training I mean, guys away, and it's hard to do early. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a discipline, though, in terms of – and I think that maybe it's more of a discipline for fans and for media than it is actually for, for GMs because, like, we want to say, well, you know, this is the broad brush. This is what your team is. Look at you in early May. Uh, you got to do something. But – I think that you've been in this game in and in that seat long enough to understand. So there's, there's a rhythm to a season, and there's and you're still in May. There's plenty of time for things to go one way or the other, right? Of course, and like even from a trip, we've had a bunch of guys get hurt and injuries and so on. You know, to call someone now in May to try to make a deal, you know, whether a team's rebuilding or not, sure, they'll have a conversation and they'll talk about it, but there's no urgency in May, right? You know that the trade deadline, if you're trying to maximize a deal, an in-season trade, and you know you get to the end of July, that's it. That's your last window to do it. But you think you're sitting here in May and you're two and a half months away from the trade deadline, there's just no urgency. You know, there's no urgency. You don't feel like you have to make a move. And, and that's the biggest key is 
deadlines are so key on this thing and that's why you just the majority of these deals you see them happen right at the end right so um you know you'd love to be able to do stuff earlier and look you understand the other side of it is you you go into a season and five weeks in six weeks in you're going to start to take players off your team you got to go explain that to your players and your coaches and your manager and um that's kind of a tough sell you know and you know teams will do it but they'll tell you hey we're going to have to get a premium back to move early and that's completely fair too so um you know the other component to this too is you, know, you, you think you have a need now uh, in May, and then all of a sudden, some guys that aren't performing or whatever, they turn it around. Mm. You know, Not that it's the exact same thing, but you know, I look at 2021, uh, Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler, you know, through April, May, and June, you know, Rosario got hurt, but they weren't performing well. If you look at you know, their batting averages and their OPSs and on basis and everything else, they weren't very good. And they had had really a down first three months of the season, whether through injury or performance. And then all of a sudden we get them at the end of July. And then for August and September, they played great. So it's just a reminder that, you know, we're quick to write players off or to anoint guys when they get off the hot starts. You can just as easily fall off a cliff performance wise or really get going late in the year. So um, you think you have needs now in May, you get to July, all of a sudden more guys get hurt. Guys go downhill and your needs change. Well, you've used up whatever payroll space you may have had. You've used up whatever prospect capital you had to want to use. So you have to be careful to not make it move too early as well. Okay, so that said, the you know you come out of spring training, you think you have a good handle of things. What has been the thing that has been pleasantly surprising, or or the person or the player that has been okay? You know what? You know we thought we had this in spring training, but it's even better than we thought it would be. So, um, Bryce Elder, we didn't think we had this because we optioned him. So, that's how smart we were. Uh, but, you know, you know, when you option guys, you can get them back, right? You don't worry about that. And so, you know, we did that with Mike Soroka in 2019. He ended up being the Cy Young conversation. He came up soon after. So, um, you know, what I would say is, uh, I'd say Bryce Elder for sure has exceeded expectations by a lot. He pitched well for us last year, had a slow start to his spring. Schuster and Dodd had thrown really well. We went with them. But Elder's been exceptional for us. He's pitched really well. Nick Anderson, who obviously was a very successful reliever with both Miami and the Rays, uh, has been fantastic for us in the bullpen. It's another guy. We optioned him out of spring training. We wanted to keep our depth. We were keeping out of options, guys. And he's come in and pitched important innings and done a really nice job Michael Tonkin's another guy that was out of options hadn't pitched in the major league since 2017 I believe and he made the team basically he was the last guy to make the team because Rysel Iglesias had gotten hurt hmm. and he's done a fa- fantastic job for us as well so you know you need to have some some nice stories you know, guys like Pilar as a minor league free agent has done a nice job really contributed to some wins Sam Hilliard was another guy we picked up out of options really athletic very talented Tremendous tools. He's been a big help as well. Um, Orlando Arcia, before he got hurt, was playing very well. But we kind of expected it from what we'd seen last year in, in the spring. But, you know, everyone will always look at, the, at the, the stars and the guys making big salaries or the young prospects and so on. But you know, to be a competitive team and get to the postseason, you need some good stories. You need some guys that come through that maybe no one expected at the start of the year because you need that deep 26-man. You know, and even beyond, you need to have a a total 40-man roster that contributes.